This episode's probably coming at you unedited. <laughs> oh, God. It will not be good if it's unedited. <laughs> it's going to start off just like that, and it's going to stay just like that. Because I don't got time to edit this week. I mean, we can make it. No, later. it'll be fine. I, I swear. I swear it's not going to be fine. I swear. <laughs> Kill myself. By the moon and All the right. stars <laughs> and the sky. There was a full moon last night. Oh my God, there was. On Friday the 13th. And it was a micro moon. What's a micro moon? It was, it appeared 14% smaller than the moon normally appears. And we won't have another one for 30 years. I thought that was the Friday the 13th full moon. I don't know. Oh, I also heard it won't appear for another 13 years, but I thought, or 30 years, but I thought it was just on Friday the 13th, you have a full moon. I Googled why, like, I was trying to Google why it was so special, and part everything I was seeing was like, it's a micro moon. We won't have another one for 30 years. So it could be that. It could be all of it combined. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I'm assuming we'll have another micro moon. Like, it's when the moon is the furthest from us. But yes, we are the Marble Forest Podcast. We are. And we are um, living our best lives. <laughs> and this is a short episode. Sorry about it. Uh, we are very sorry. We've been really busy with our lives. And also, we've got a lot of stuff going on soon, so we might have a couple shorter episodes again, and we're sorry. Sorry. But on the cool side, um, we are hosting a panel at Yomacon in Detroit. Yes. This year. It's called Haunted Japan. And 18 plus panel. Oh, we're so glad it's 18 plus. <laughs> we are so glad that it's an 18 plus panel. Honestly, if it wasn't, I think would be really hard for us. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like we would need our friends up on stage to, like, kick us when they knew we were about to swear. <laughs> like, it just comes out sometimes. It's just, like, word vomit. I can't yeah. help it. Yeah. And then we also discussed about how we could do, like, the grosser versions of things. We can. We can be a little more, like, you know. We don't have to keep it as child-friendly of stories. It doesn't have to be child-friendly. It's 18 Because this is not a child-friendly podcast. I still feel like 18-year-olds are children. <laughs> I just feel so old. It's fine. It's fine. We're living our lives. Yes. Um. So that's exciting. We're doing that. We've got to start working on that. And I think our plan is to do like the recording for what we're doing at our panel, and then doing like an extra, like yeah. a little like something. Well, a because more. I think I was thinking for the panel that like we write a so many stories just in case we like word vomit some of them out. Um, to the point that we're running short on time. Yeah. Because it is an hour and a half long panel. Oh, that's fun. Um, because I realized that we talk a oh, lot. We do talk a lot. So I didn't go with the hour panel. I went with the hour and a half long panel. But then, like, part of me is like, well, sometimes <laughs> we are short and we're not. Um, but we can always, like, talk about other shit. Take people's suggestions, I guess. Yeah. Have people tell us ghost stories. We'll just have Devin tell us ghost stories. Yeah. It'll turn into a Fun Facts with Devin podcast. Yep. At the end. Yeah. Devin does a lot of fun facts. If we run out of time, we'll just be like, all right, Devin, come up here and spew fun facts. Well, technically, she probably has to sit up with us because we put her on the panel list. We did. So. So. She's. Sorry, Devin. Love you. Bye. (laughs) She said she'd sit under the table. Oh, she can sit behind the table. <laughs> I feel like it'd be really awkward to sit underneath the table. Be a little weird. All of a sudden, you see a hand come out and like red know. flag. Red flag. <laughs> That's when we swear. She's like. <laughs> so, you went on a trip. I did. I went to Seattle, Washington. It looked so much fun. Your camera is also fucking awesome, and I'm really jealous of your yes, phone camera. I got the new Samsung Galaxy S10, 
It has a three fucking cameras on the back of it for some reason. I have no clue. I mean, the new iPhone is going to have three cameras. Yeah, too. but like it doesn't look as weird. No, the new iPhone looks strange. I know. Okay. As an avid iPhone user, I'm concerned. <laughs> because Samsung did it right. Just like a block across the screen, like across the back of just cameras. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, it's fine. It's not causing anyone to have any fears. Of holes, you know, like, it's okay. No phobias around here. Yeah. So, yeah, I went to Seattle, and I pretty much did the tourist the most touristy possible Seattle trip. That's fun. That I possibly could. I mean, who cares? That's fun. Yeah. So, like, the first day, we went around the, um, the Bayside. So, like, we went to the Pikes Place Market. Which is a very popular market, but I'm like, if a lot of people are like, like one of the things I was thinking about is if a lot of people are tourists here, like they're just here to look, they're not going to buy your produce. Like, I don't really know, like, like do people like fight the tourists to go buy produce or like- Is it like a farmer's market? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. It's literally a farmer's market. And that's a touristy area? Yeah. That's so weird. Well, because the OG Starbucks is there. Uh, I see. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> the picture that I, I I sent it to you, right? Maybe. I don't know. So I took a picture and I was like, OG Starbucks. It wasn't the OG Starbucks, by the way. It was another block oh, down the way. But the thing is, so I did go to the OG Starbucks. And it is a small little, like, in a strip mall Starbucks. And they don't serve food because it's that small. And like literally it was just so crowded because it's the original Starbucks. I was just like, it's fine. I already got my pumpkin spice cold brew at the other place I thought was the original Starbucks. <laughs> like, so yeah, I took a picture of it and we moved on. <laughs> like, I love it. The pumpkin spice cold brew is so good. It is so good. It's so good. It is all of my basic dreams. It's so good. I was, I was like, oh, I'm not really... I'm not really a coffee person. I like coffee, but if I have to go somewhere and order something, I'm usually not going to order coffee. Yeah. Unless I'm dead tired. Yeah. And the other day I was like, I want something different. I'm going to try it, but I don't know how I feel about it. And it was so good. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Um, Literally. And everyone's up, like everyone I've talked to, they're like, did you go to other coffee places besides Starbucks while you were in Seattle? And I go, no, because there's a Starbucks every two blocks. Right. There are other coffee shops, yes, but also I was obsessed with the pumpkin spice cold brew. So, oh, yeah. like, I had that, like, twice a day <laughs> while I was in Seattle. Also, we walked, like, eight fucking miles a day. Wow. That's yeah. awesome, though. That's a lot of walking. Yeah, and then one day was um, set aside for PAX West, so I went into that. Um, Could have played Borderlands 3 before it got released, but the line was too long. Um, so fun. I want to go to a convention like that. Oh, it was like, so if you've ever, you've been to the auto show, right? No, I have not. Okay. Well, for those who have been to the auto show, like how much money and time they put in the setting up booths and shit, you know, it's like PAX West is like the auto show, but video games. I can imagine, honestly. There was like a Hello Neighbor booth and they literally had like... A floor-to-ceiling house. That's so cool. And then, like, you had to wait in a line around the house, and then you got into the house. Like, one, there wasn't one wall, so you could see what was going on inside, but you could play the, the final release of Hello Neighbor. And so, yeah. And then there was, like, this one where you could lay in a coffin. And I don't remember what the game was called, but you could literally lay in... They had this, like, this plot... And they put, like, fake grass down, and they put, like, a bunch of fucking coffins. And then I think you could play, like, something on the Switch. I love that. Um, Laying in a coffin. That's my dream, honestly. Yeah. If you look at uh, Jack Septicai's, uh Instagram, uh, there is a photo of him laying in one of the coffins. Oh, I wonder what the game is. I'm going to quickly look it up while you tell me more about your trip. Okay. Well, we're going to just move to the next day, then. That's fine, because... I mean, this is just a podcast. So the next day, we pretty much spent the whole time near the Space Needle. So everyone, like, I was just like, oh, it's the Space Needle. And then you, like, go to, like, 
a bunch of other museums like around Seattle. But no, all of these museums are like surrounding the Space Needle. Oh, that's cool. So we ended up doing like, we did the Mopop Museum and then we did the Glass Museum. And then we tried to go to the Science Center, but they closed on us. Oh. Like we bought tickets. And then 15 minutes later, they're like, okay, get out. And I'm like, "Uh, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh-uh. Like, I just fucking bought tickets to get in here. Why would they sell you tickets and then kick you out? Well, we walked back up to the counter, and I was just like, you didn't tell us you were closing. And she goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Here, I'll refund all your tickets. And I'm like, oh, good. I didn't even have to ask. (laughs) And then we, because we bought tickets to the Space Needle, because you had to do it in time slots. Yeah. For Sunset. So we were, uh, we ended up having to sit around for about an hour before we were allowed to go up into the Space Needle, which the Space Needle was so cool. And like the, like the top floor where they like land you on, I guess is like the term for it, is there's like a bar and like a cafe where you can buy food up there. So like I had like alcohol while I was up there. We were up there for like an hour and a half. That's cool though. That's, I've never done those things because i'm terrified of heights oh my gosh i'm terrified of elevators and the elevators that are like outside in the elements of the space at the space needle i was terrified to go up but they go up so fast and they cram they cram the elevators like a yumacon marriott elevator oh my god right for one And then they send you up with an employee and like the employee was talking the entire time about like the view that you're getting as you're going up. And then all of a sudden we're just there because it was just so quick. And like the guy was talking and I'm like shoulder to shoulder with like other people. And I'm just like, I feel really awkward right now. And then like it opens up and you're just up at the top of the space scene. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't that bad. That's kind of cool. And then um, so that upper floor has like a concrete like walkway like outside of like the dining area place and then it has like glass walls that are angled out and then on those glass walls are glass benches that are like angled so that you like if you lean all the way back onto the bench you're leaning up like you're leaning backwards off towards the side of seattle that's crazy yeah. Did you do it? Yes, I did. Oh, my God. I, I was so nervous. Like, I was holding the edge of the chair at first, and I was like, if you see anything breaking, you need to let me know ASAP. I don't like, honestly know if I could do it. Even knowing, like, that glass is probably not going to break. Yeah. I, um, I, I can't with heights. And then it got dark, and we went down to the lower level of the Space Needle, and we ended up... So the lower level is the rotating level. So it rotates. So you just have to stand still and you rotate or like you get the panoramic view of the city. It it takes like 47 minutes to rotate completely around. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. So it's slow, but you can feel it. Okay. Um, And the floor is glass. So sort of intoxicated me after drinking up in the Space Needle and not really eating all day and walking around burning off all said food. I was sitting on the floor just like Snapchatting, having a good time. Like, I think I remember seeing some of your Snapchats. Yeah, I had to speed up the Snapchat to show that the floor was moving because like it was moving just so slow. So I literally was sitting there holding up my phone, like Snapchatting myself on the moving floor for such a long time. And I was like, and we'll just speed this up. (laughs) I love it though. That sounds like it was a really fun trip. It was. Yeah. And then, um, I accidentally texted a stranger. Oops. Um, and he told me, I'm assuming it's a he, because he said he was a fisherman in Seattle at one point in time, but it was a New York number that I accidentally texted. It's a long story about how I accidentally texted. <laughs> but like, That's a story for another day that I do want to hear. Okay. But um, he ended up giving us recommendations of places to go and see on the last day we were in Seattle, even though it was Labor Day. So there was like restaurants that were closed. So like the place that he recommended to us, which was like a mile walk, like was closed oh bummer and so like i was like oh bummer it's closed on a labor day do you have any other recommendations that are nearby (laughs) but i don't think he responded fast enough before like we moved on and found somewhere to eat yeah 
That sounds fun. Yeah, it was fun. I love trips. I want to go on a trip. Do you want to go to New Orleans with me? Possibly. Let's go to New Orleans. All There's right. like spirit flights to New Orleans. Okay. When are we going? Um, I didn't really do much exciting. I worked an 11 day work stretch. It was really rough. Yeah. And we went to the Renaissance Festival. We went to the Renaissance Festival together. Yeah, even though we weren't together. <laughs> we were together for like a short amount of time. And then, well, like it was clear that we had two different ideas of what we wanted to do and what we wanted to see. And so we sort of just like wandered off from one another. I mean, we had other people with us. It was yeah. no big deal. But it was fun. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready to jive on into it. All right. We're jiving. We're jiving and we're jiving. It is me. I have, to un- I have to grab my phone. So the thing that I left out from my Seattle trip story was I did a tour of the Seattle Underground. Mm. And that's because I'm doing it for my story. <laughs> How perfect. Yeah. So like I'll add little snippets of like my personal experience in the underground as like we go. But first, I'm going to give you a little history as to why the Seattle Underground exists. <laughs> right. So, um, the city of Seattle was founded in 1851, and the city was built with just wooden buildings. And the toilets, fun fact that I learned on my tour, were raised three feet off the ground. So, like, the whole water closet, as it was, was, like, three feet off the ground, and I'll explain later. Like, the the toilet. Like, the whole bathroom. So you had to, like, walk upstairs to get to the bathroom. Yeah. Not that, like, you had to, like, climb a ladder to sit on the toilet because the toilet itself was no. <laughs> <off> the- <laughs> no. <laughs> Until June 6, 1889, a cabinet maker accidentally overturned and ignited a glue pot. Oh. A glue pot. I had to look this up because I was like, what is a glue pot? Right? It literally looks like a crock pot. But for glue. Okay. It's literally a glue warmer, but I'm assuming there was fire involved and probably cast iron or something. Probably. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah, exactly. He attempts to extinguish it with water, but accidentally causes it to spread because it was grease-based glue. Oh. Yeah. So grease fires you cannot put out with water. That's just a friendly PSA from the Marble Forest. (laughs) Yeah, just a friendly PSA. If you're like cooking bacon and you start a fire, like... Salt. I think it's salt, right? I don't remember. <laughs> Let's Google it. I'm pretty sure it's salt. How to put out a grease fire. Oh, smother it. Yes. Turn off heat source. Um, I'm seeing pictures of baking soda and salt, so that's very possible. Yeah, you might salt have been it. Right. Salt yeah. the fucking fire. Salt it. Okay. Back to the story. <laughs> apparently, the fire chief was out of town, and apparently... Maybe this mistake supposedly wouldn't have been made if it wasn't for one fucking person on vacation. But the volunteer fire department responded and apparently used too many hoses to try to put out the fire, which caused the water pressure to drop, making the hoses ineffective to put out the fire. Oh, no. All of these mistakes caused the Great Seattle Fire in 1889. Heard about that. 31 blocks were destroyed during the fire. Wow. That's a lot. I actually didn't know it was that much. Yeah. So, uh, most of the city burned to the ground, but instead of rebuilding the city as it was before, they decided that all new buildings must be made of stone and brick. I mean, that's totally fair. Right? (laughs) We're not dealing with this fucking wooden, wooden building shit again. Yeah, exactly. We don't want shit to burn down. And... The streets would be one to two stories higher than the original street grade because of the tide. Hence, why the toilets were raised up. Because when the tide would come in, the sewage would back up. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes so much sense now. <laughs> yes. So that's why, because it was in Tidelands, like, where, like in a lower part where the tide would come in. So... Um, when the tide came in, the sewage would back up and the streets would flood. That would be so shitty. Yeah. <laughs> so the new street level, um, would also insist in ensuring the gravity assisted flush toilets to be funneled into the bay easier. Okay. Yeah. So they could actually, you know, dump their sewage. 
Yeah, into the water. Fresh water. The ocean. Because that's what we do. <laughs> yup. <laughs> so the streets were lined with concrete walls and that formed narrow alleyways between the walls and the, the buildings. Okay. So like think of a street and think of two walls on the outside of the street and then like a sidewalk and then the buildings on the outside. Okay. Yeah. And then both sides of the street uh, had a wide alleyway between them. Or the sidewalks, as okay. I'm going to be referring them to. They raised the speed, the streets to a new level of 12 feet, but in some places, 30 feet. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's a, that's a lot. And that's, that's a, lot. a lot to build in the late 1800s. Yeah, for sure. I don't even, like, I can't even, it's hard to comprehend them raising a street like raising a ground level like and the whole time i was in seattle i was just like because i knew the underground existed right Mm -hmm. so the whole time i was in seattle i was just like did like people go into the underground and assure that they could build skyscrapers above what they had built in the 1800s that's a really good question so like but in the in the area that like the underground pretty much is now um, it's mostly lower buildings. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it it's mostly the like the lower buildings that have the underground below it. But um, the, at first when they were still building it, pedestrians had to climb ladders to go between the street level and the sidewalks. So like if they're like walking because like they didn't like maybe build the buildings yet or they had to cross the street but to cross the street you had to go up and over oh that's wild right that's so weird to think about yeah so you had to go up and over the new road right so they literally there was ladders between like the buildings so you can climb up the ladder and then go over to the other side of the street and climb down that ladder so there was literally big gaps that were 12 to 30 feet down that like were just open sidewalks. You better believe I would never be crossing the street. Yeah. <laughs> Too much effort. I honestly hate ladders also. Like it's a heights thing. I just hate heights. And I've definitely had to climb some pretty tall ladders for jobs before. And one time I was changing out a like a graphic, like a picture thing. Mm-hmm. And I got partway up the ladder and then started feeling really dizzy. And I had to get down. <laughs> wow. So the gaps where the sidewalks should have been um, started to become an issue. Okay. And some people would accidentally fall to their deaths. <laughs> accidentally. As my tour guide referred it to as, it is a one-step AA program. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I had the best tour guide, by the way. It was all dick jokes. So we went to the, it's called the Underworld Underground Tour. So we mostly talked about like the crime and the sex workers that were like using the underground. So we got lovely jokes like that. I love it. Yeah. So people would get so drunk that they literally just stumble into the open sidewalk. Oh, that fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, eventually they built brick, brick archways that were constructed next to the road surface to make the above ground sidewalks. Okay. So they installed pavement lights, which are like a walk on skylight. (laughs) Okay. On the sidewalks, on like the upper sidewalks. Right. So it was pretty much like a grate that they put glass in. Right. Okay. (laughs) And like a little window. Yeah, like a little like a little window that people walked on up top that over time uh, turned to an amethyst colored glass. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So there, it's purple now. <laughs> I mean, purple seems cool. Yeah. And so they were installed over the gaps um, from the Ray Street to the building, creating <coughs> an area, creating the C- Seattle Underground. That's cool. And so when they reconstructed the buildings... Merchants and landlords knew that the ground floor would eventually be underground. And so the next floor would be the new ground floor. Right? So there was very little decoration that went in to the doors and windows below ground. And uh, all of the expensive 
and high-end decorations of the early 1900s were the on the new ground floor. Okay. The new ground. The new ground. We're breaking new grounds. Yeah. But in 1907, the city condemned the underground for fear of the bubonic plague. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it was infested with rats and shit. Oh, I could imagine. So two years before it, uh, so that was two years before the 1909 World Fair in Seattle, which is the reason why they built the Space Needle, was the World Fair. I don't know if it was specifically this World Fair, but it was the World Fair that they built the Space Needle for. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Fun facts that I learned in Seattle. I don't really know much about Seattle, to be honest. <laughs> well, I'm teaching you. It's fine. Oh, man, I'm learning so much about Seattle. It's like a little history lesson. It is. Um, the basements uh, were left to deteriorate, deteriorate or were used as storage. And some became illegal flop houses for the homeless, gambling halls, speakeasies, brothels, and opium dens. Oh, opium dens. So that's th- this is the part of the tour that I had. Okay. Was the speakeasies and brothels and opium dens. That's kind of fun. Yeah. I bet it was a really cool tour. It was a really cool tour. I do wish there was more history involved into it. Besides just being like, yeah, so this is the underground. And like, let's talk about sex workers. But the tour guide wasn't politically correct. But but we will be. <laughs> but we will be. <laughs> um. So, one of the places located in the underground is called the Teller Cage. It was a bank open 24 hours a day for prospectors working the gold rush to come in. So, anytime they came into Seattle, they could, like, go to the bank and get their gold exchanged for cash. Oh, that's cool. Cash for gold. Cash for gold. We have plenty of those places around here. (laughs) Some of them might even be open 24 hours a day. Possibly. Um. So this is supposedly the most haunted section of the underground tunnels. The gold place? Yeah, the teller cage. Okay. So there is a ghost there named Edward, and that is known because there was an EVP when asked, what is your name? They responded, Edward. Um, Or Eddie is what they've also had a response of. Okay. Um, He has reportedly been seen in the 1980s by a tour guide who witnessed his full-body apparition, who appeared as a tall man wearing suspenders with a full handlebar mustache. Was he a prospector? Because that's a legitimate prospector outfit. Like, what else would you wear? I don't know. He's a bank teller for prospectors. Do you think he was a former prospector? And then he was like, I am getting too old for this. Like, I got to start doing something a little different. Yeah, but like, I still need to talk to my bros when they come to Seattle. Yeah, you still want to see all your friends. Yeah, exactly. So you get a more like respectable job where you don't have to work as hard and you still get to see all your buddies that you made dick jokes with. Yeah. I love that he was a prospector. Prospecting bank teller. Edward was believed to have been killed on duty at the bank when he was like, and because he was shot. Oh, what? A probably for some money. Bomber. Oh, probably. Probably someone didn't like the like exchange rate for his gold. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably yeah. That's probably accurate. He was probably like, I'll give you eighty dollars for this amount of gold, and he's like, this was worth a thousand dollars last month, and then he shot him. Yeah. A disgruntled prospector. Disgruntled what if all prospector. of his prospector buddies came back and they were so fucking pissed that he got shot that they like hunted this other guy down? Maybe. Because they're like, who are we supposed to make dick jokes with now? Like, what other bank teller is going to make dick jokes with you? <laughs> exactly. There was also a story of a woman who haunts the area as well who was murdered behind the vault. Of the bank? Yes. There's not much more on that story that I found besides that. That's wild. But yeah, so she also haunts the area. Um, In another area known as the, sorry, this is not PC, the Oriental House. Oh, okay. Uh, That was a popular place for seamstresses to hang out. Um, Seamstresses is sex workers. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And so there was a lot of jokes about having pants and whatnot <laughs> by my tour guide. Sounds like you had a fun tour guide. We had a great tour guide. 
So in the area, there were reports of shadowy outlines of women walking around, odd noises, and EVPs. Um, there has been one particular EVP that they all heard out loud a loud bang. And then the EVP, EVP caught someone said, someone saying, I kicked the can. <laughs> do you think the ghost was trying to be funny ever? I kind of <laughs> do. Like he knows he's dead and he's just like, I'm going to kick this fucking garbage can. And then it'll be like, look. I kicked the can. I fucking uh, love that ghost. <laughs> that ghost is me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So there was supposed to be a paranormal underground tour. Okay. Uh, But they didn't offer it when I was there. So I was a little bummed about that. Um, But yeah. So like I could have been one of these people. That could have been sweet. I know, right? So there's also a woman in white. Whose face has been seen in the window in the first section of the underground tour, which I I don't remember where it is near. Um, but yeah, so like the first section of like the underground tour, oh yeah, you literally walk down some stairs and you're like in like what they appears to be like a saloon. And then like she's like explaining to you like the windows and the door and everything, and then you walk through the door down the sidewalk underground. Okay. Yeah, so people have been she, the woman in white has been seen in that section as well. And then I have a story from my tour guide. So one of the women on her tour literally had the woman in white follow her around most of the tour. Like, so the tour comes up to like st- normal street level and then back down in certain places. Cause like it's not all accessible now. Right. And so, like, when she tried to speak up about it, she felt like she couldn't. Like, she couldn't, like, speak. So, that's creepy, right? It's pretty crazy. And then another woman literally passed out when seeing the woman in white on tour. Oh, wow. Um, When she regained consciousness, she said she told about what she saw and then was just like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> That would be me. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, those were the stories that I got um, from the underground tour lady. Because, like, of course, I have to ask the tour lady. I'm like, have you seen some shit down here? I know we weren't talking about ghosts during this tour, but, like, have you seen some things? So she didn't, but she told me those stories. That's awesome, though, that she, like, actually got to tell you some stories. Yeah. There is... In the same section, um, so the first section of the underground tour, um, a couple was photobombed by the woman in white. Uh, Me as a ghost. You as a ghost. Yeah, but you're, like, holding up peace signs, like, trying to look gangster, and you're, like, Victorian garb. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or making duck face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I believe that this, the photo that I'm talking about, so at the end of the underground tour, they do bring up the photo that they caught. Um, I think it's like zoomed in to like see the outline yeah. of the person. Um, but yeah, there is a photo. I did not try to find it. Um, I think I could have taken a picture of it and just didn't because I got distracted by asking the tour guide questions. But there is a full body apparition in a photo that was taken in the underground tour. That's really cool. Yeah. Also throughout the tunnels, Photos have been taken with many orbs and cold spots have been reported. In the in the underground area, like, is it just, like, kind of, like, the street? Like, is it, does it, what does it look like under, is it, like, buildings still? Um, it's not exactly buildings still, but you can see where, like, how the buildings used to be. Okay. Okay, so, like, the first room that you come into, you wa- literally walk into what used to be an old building. Okay. Right? And, I'm and sure, so, like, like it, they, they were all wood down there. So, like, I'm sure yeah. like, they rot- they would have been rotted or. Yeah. And so, like, you can clearly see, like, window frames and, like, door frames in certain, as- like, certain places of it. Okay. Um, It looks like, a- it looks more tunnely now than, like, okay. it does. But, like, they also haven't really, like, cleaned it up. Like, they're not going to make it pristinely clean they're just gonna make sure it's safe for people to go down there so there's like old signs like old building signs 
there was old bring bed springs, like bed frames. Oh, okay. Down there for for the sex workers that lived down there in the brothels. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and then there was like a bathtub, and there was like random toilets down there, and like it does look like very like dirty because it looked like a lot of like wood and like stuff sort of just thrown. And for the tour, they um in certain sections since like it was like a dirt floor, they literally built like walkways, like wooden walkways okay. for the tours. They have these wooden walkways, and you're walking through what is the sidewalks, you know. But, like, they used to be dirt sidewalks. Okay. You know? And so they don't want, like, people to, like, trip and die. Right. Right. Fair. (laughs) I don't think they would want that on their tours. But while I was on the tour, I didn't feel like anything weird while I was on the tour. Except for I kept in this one section, I felt like I kept hearing footsteps in one of the rooms behind us. Because, like, we were still on the sidewalk. Yeah. And then, so there was, like, a building behind us. A, bu- a building. <laughs> that kind of looks like a room because you're underground. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Um, And so, like, I kept hearing, like, footsteps. But, like, I don't know how I could hear footsteps because it sounded, like, more, like, like footsteps, like, on, like, wood. But, the, like, the thing is, you also have to keep in mind, there are, like, still active businesses above the entire underground. Right. So, in one section, like, we literally entered the underground next to a bar. Okay. You know? And so I, like, I don't know in, like, relation where it is, but, like, the first room, we are literally just underneath a bar. Okay. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's so wild to, like, think about how it's just, like, a old, burnt-down city underneath another city. Yeah. It just really reminds me of just Futurama movie. Yeah. Old old New York. Yeah, old New York. <laughs> um, in pop culture, the Seattle Underground has been featured prominently in the nineteen seventy-three television movie The Strang The Night Strangler. Ooh. Um, it's also been featured in a novel by Terry Pratchett in the Discworld series, known at like called The Truth, that mentions a fictional capital city. That was built on a lower foundations of another city. Okay. For the same reasoning why Seattle built up as well. Okay. It was also featured in a Scooby-Doo episode. Ooh. Uh, Hey, this ties back. Yesterday, Friday the 13th, was Scooby-Doo's 50th anniversary. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Um, So it was featured. The episode was featuring the underground demons that take place in Seattle's underground. Okay. Um, and then there's another book series by Yashman Gail Norms. Gail Norns? That sounds great to me. Yep. And they have an other world series that refers to the use of the Seattle underground as the home of many undesirable types of demons. Oh. Um, who have been thriving, who have a thriving network down there, whereas other areas are largely uninhabited except for ghosts. Interesting. So that is my story of the Seattle Underground. All right. I liked it. Are you ready for my story that I haven't picked yet? Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's see. Do you want a story about... uh, Do you want a story? it's not that short. I mean, mine are both real short. Okay. Real. Do you want a sadder story or a story about a tower? The sadder story is not super ghosty, but it's really interesting. The sadder story? The sadder story. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to do that one? I mean, you know, you've heard it before. Yeah, let's do the sad story. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to talk about Showman's Rest. Okay, that's the one I thought you were going to do. So, on the night of June 22nd, 1918, members of the... Ooh, I didn't remember how to pronounce this. I, I think it's Hagenbeck Wallace Circus. We're okay. As- so they were asleep in the rear cars of the train. It oh, was. I mean, yeah, I remember this story now. <laughs> it is very sad. Sorry, so- audience, that Sorry. I picked this. Um, well, I did tell her it was sad. Okay. It was 3.56 a.m. and the train had stopped just outside of, the, of Hammond, Indiana um, to cool the overheated axle box. They were en route. 
to their show in Hammond, and the second train carrying the animals and some people was about 90 minutes ahead of them. Okay. Alonzo Sargent, uh, as an engineer who had been with the Michigan Central Railroad for 16 years. Wait, did this happen in Michigan? No, Indiana. So close. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, it's pretty close to us. Yeah. Um, he had fallen asleep at the helm of the empty 21 uh, of an empty 21 car military troop train. Uh, he missed all the automatic signals and flares that the stalled train and um, had set out. Yeah. So they were like, hey, we're a stalled train, but he was asleep. Yeah. Um, and the train smashed into the 26 wooden car circus train. Wooden. wooden. So it just plows through it. It plowed through. So it, it, so it hit the other train at about 35 miles an hour. So, I mean, that's pretty, pretty fast for trains. They couldn't really stop. Yeah. Survival scrambled to pull them. Survival's? Survivors scrambled to pull themselves from the wreckage, and the train had an old-fashioned kerosene fuel lamps that quickly ignited the wreckage. Oh, no. So, as you can imagine. It's like the Great Seattle Fire. We're just talking about a lot of fire today. This is a very um hot episode. This, this episode's blazing. This episode is brought to you by the letter F. For fire. For fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh we gotta cheer this one up a little okay bit. It's fine. <laughs> f is for friends that burns down the whole town <laughs> it's fire f is it's, for fire that for, burns down the whole time i said fire. friends like I mean, maybe your friends burn down the whole tire for your the whole tire <laughs> town the, the survivors watched helplessly as their friends and family subcom subcommed subcame to the fire come so um the following hours, bodies were pulled from the wreckage, and some of these people, oh, this one this one man, Joe Coyle was a clown, and he was seen weeping beside the crushed bodies of his wife and children. Oh. And it was believed that most of the dead were killed within the first 30 seconds of the crash. So they didn't well, suffer. That's good. Um, but? Is there a but? I feel like there's a but in here. I mean, like, the whole thing is just really tragic. Really tragic. Like, it's still caught on fire because... Yeah, it's still caught on fire. But... F is for They didn't... Fire. They, most of them died when the crash initially happened. So they weren't subjected to the crash, being injured, and then being on fire. So that's, like, you know, a plus. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. This is such <laughs> That's a, sad a plus story. side to tragedy. It's okay. Uh, the other circus train wouldn't hear of the tragedy until they were arrived in Hammond the next morning, and that was the train that was holding like some of the workers and most of like the animals. Yeah. Um. They got solemnly gathered a roll and took a roll call just to see like. That it must be the most depressing roll call ever. Could you? That would be awful. Yeah. Bob? So Bob the clown. And as everyone hangs their head and they're covered in soot from the fire. Oh my God, this is tragic. <laughs> I'm making it worse. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so there were 120 severed, severed? severed bodies. <laughs> there was 120 severed bodies. No, there were a honey. A honey. I can't talk. <laughs> there were 127 injured okay. in the accident and estimated about 87 who died. Okay. Uh, the Showman's League of America, which w was formed in 1913, had just recently purchased uh, a burial land in Woodlawn Cemetery in Forest Park, Indi Illinois, for its members, and a mass grave was dug over 750 plots. Well, at least they're plots. Yeah. You know, like, everyone gets their own plot. Um, Except for the people you probably can't make out who it is yeah so there was you know it was for all the victims of the crash and many of the remains were un unidentifiable um or only known by their stage names oh so some headstones at showman's rest are marked with names such as baldy smiley four horse driver or unknown female or male or just a number oh but today, the section of Woodlawn Cemetery is still in use for burials of deceased showmen. 
a service is held every year on Memorial Day for, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It's just all circus like people. And I love that. Do you think it's a circus at a cemetery? That would be so gothic. <laughs> um, I think that'd be a good time. Like, let's let's get some carnies. Let's you know, put honestly, up some a Ferris wheel. These people. It's Memorial Day as well. Were like their jobs, their entire like living. They were there to perform and like do things, like perform for people. Yeah, maybe that's like not. A bad way to honor them, but just maybe not in a cemetery. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, there are some accounts of activity, and the accounts here are a little strange. And there wasn't much. Like I thought there was going to be more when I originally wrote this story, and then I was like, "This is not enough for anything." <laughs> but um, some have reported hearing the sounds of ghostly elephants, <gasps> even though there's no elephants buried on the property and none of elephants that died in the crash. Well, you know, I know the elephants got away because they were the car ahead, but you know, maybe a couple of the people that died were the trainers of the elephants. And they were attached. And they were attached. And so in in their afterlife, they are training the elephants of yesterday. Maybe the elephants were so attached to their trainers because like elephants think we look like babies and like think we're cute. That they just were like, I want to spend forever with my good buddy, Baldy. Yeah. Baldy the elephant trainer. I probably was a clown, but maybe he's an elephant trainer and clown. Yeah. Um, there, um, so there's also an easier explanation for that. It's that there's a zoo <laughs> a few miles away. <laughs> but it's like a few miles away. Oh, okay. Like, I don't feel like you're going to hear an elephant from a few miles away. Okay. Here's another theory. Okay, what if they're piping in elephant noises because it's showman's rest? I would do that. That's actually genius. You just play some elephant noises there's on a, some speakers and you're like, ooh, look at these ghostly elephants. There's actually like these really sick, um, let me show you real quick, um, statues there that are shaped like elephants. Oh, like what if they put speakers in? Oh yeah, they put speakers in those elephants, and they were like, "Here is our elephant noises." Yeah, but like also zoos are pretty big as well too. So like we're in relation in the zoo. I guess that's true too. In comparison to the cemetery, that's true too. Um, because I don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it's also. Said, though, that the zoo hasn't had elephants in years, apparently. So, yeah. So, they're just... just, I'm ruining your ghost story by saying, nah, we're just piping in elephant noises. My story is so short. I'm almost done. And it's kind of a sad story anyway. So, others have said that when they use EMF devices near the site, it will detect a strong energy. Because the elephants are so big. You know, maybe it's just because the elephants are so strong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah just so strong and so big they're just really think muscular. of those cold spots <laughs> of an elephant of an elephant cold spot an elephant cold spot would be huge yeah would you just think like the wind was blowing by and it was just like cold for a second because it's just so big i mean that, like, I don't, that'd be so weird maybe but like you didn't feel the wind yeah Unless it's like a ghost elephant walking by you, too. Even though there are no elephants buried in the cemetery. (laughs) So, like I said, there's not a lot of accounts. There has been, um, but it has been on a lot of lists of the most haunted cemeteries. Yeah. People have reported the area of the cemetery giving them a weird feeling. And occult activity. I mean, that would be interesting. Occult cemetery for a showman? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it might not be the most haunted place ever but it was a really tragic story and i thought it was really interesting and i was like really reading up on it i remember for a really long time trying to find so much about it and i didn't that's it that's all i got for you what if you felt a ghost trunk (laughs) 
It just wanted to give you a hug. Oh, so sweet. And then just like, but you know how like elephants like touch people? They like sort of like tap on you. <laughs> like any video that I've ever seen, they sort of like tap a little bit yeah. as they like go around with like their trunk. What if, new theory, every time anyone's ever felt a ghost tap on their shoulder, it was an elephant poking them with their trunk. <gasps> oh, a ghost elephant. A ghost elephant. Yeah. I'm, I'm yep. They buried elephants there. They're lying to us. There's definitely probably at least 20 elephants there. Of course. On that plot of land. Yep. Because it's so big. There's not people there. It's just elephants. There's an elephant named Baldy. It's a (laughs) cover-up. The elephant named Four Horse Trainer. Yep. (laughs) Baldy and Smiley, the elephants. Oh, cute. (laughs) So I think that'll do it for us today, huh? That's it. I'm sorry my story was sad. Um, but you know what? I'm sorry I chose it. We, it yeah, blame Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for us. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. And you can find us on social media at... You can find us on Twitter at the MF Cast, on Instagram at Marble Forest Podcast, and on um oh you can email us. You can email us your stories at marbleforestpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash marbleforestpodcast. Um we also like to give a special thanks to Jenna who did our logo. You can find her on Instagram and Etsy at agenda that is a Jen duh. And a special thanks to Cameron, who did our music, and this chair. You know, thank you, chair. Thank you, chair. You're so supportive. (laughs) Thank you, creepy mannequin. (laughs) Chair, you really hold us up. You raise me (laughs) up so I can stand on mountains. Thank all of you for dealing with us. You raise me (laughs) up for listening to this every time. Uh, we release it. We and love every you. time I sing, apparently. We love you so much. I didn't realize I'd sing so much like when we started doing this podcast. I never thought I'd sing into this microphone at all. It's and fine. I definitely have a couple times. Yes. Um, and thanks and don't tempt fate. By eating your livestock, friends. And by burying an elephant. In, in your cemetery. Bye. Bye. Bye.